Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Coffee with a friend is like capturing joy in a cup. Welcome to the Coffee with Jenny B podcast, hosted by Jenny B, a lover of all things coffee. Each week, Jenny will chat about connecting over coffee, what brings her joy, and everything in between. A lot can happen over coffee, so grab a cup, sit back, and enjoy. Now here's your host, Jenny B. I remember the first time I saw ABBA, that Swedish pop group, really captured my attention. It was in the 70s, I was a teenager, and I saw them on TV. And one song that really captured my attention was Dancing Queen. I was mesmerized by their costumes, the music, the lyrics. Just the idea that two women and two men were producing all of this wonderful music. And I love the songs. They were just so unique and they were telling a story through their music. One of the lyrics is that my mother said I could dance before I I would walk or I was dancing before I could walk. And that was me. I remember my mother telling me that I could dance before I walked. And once I started walking, I didn't just walk, I ran. (laughs) And I was so full of energy. And everything I did was to the nth degree. You know, I was always, you know, getting into trouble because I was running everywhere. I was knocking into things and I was always in a hurry, even back then. And dance is something that I've done all of my life. And not professionally. I was never into ballet or classical dancing, but dancing at school, going to school dances. And then when I was 13, I joined a a local Polish dance group, Sokol Dance Group, because my dad wanted me to meet other children of Polish descent. And it was something for me to do because, you know, again, even, even as a teenager, I was still quite active and, you know, full of energy. And so this was one way of channeling that energy. And it was also a way for me to learn more about my Polish heritage and my culture. And so I joined the dance group and we would practice twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays for about two hours. And then on the weekends, we would perform at different festivals, different events. Through the dance group, I met my two best friends, Barb and Jan, who are still my best friends today. We call each other, you know, sisters from another mister, but we really forged that bond and that friendship from our dancing with Sokol Dance Group. When I was 16, our dance group traveled to Poland 
there was a world festival going on and our group was traveling to Poland. And I was really excited because back then my grandmother was still alive on my dad's side and I had a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins whom I had never met. And so I was excited to meet everybody. But I was also excited to travel to Poland and visit all the cities that I had only read about. And it was my first time on a plane. Now, it's it's kind of a funny story because I was all set to travel with the group. But for whatever reason, and I can't remember why, I think it was that it was overbooked. The plane was overbooked. And even though I had a ticket, they said, I'm sorry, there's no room for you. And so then I'd have to wait and, and fly to Poland on a, on a different flight. Then my parents had already left and I was at the airport and everybody else was on the plane. And everybody on the plane thought that I had been left behind. <laughs> but miraculously, the stewardess or, or whoever, what, no, it wasn't the stewardess. It was um, someone at the uh, air, airport at the counter said, you know what, uh, there's, a, there's a seat in first class and we can get you on the plane. And they got me on the plane with minutes to spare. It was just crazy. And so I, I had a seat on, in first class, which was amazing. But nobody on the plane, part of my group, knew that I was on the plane. And it wasn't until one of the choir members, because it was the dance group and the choir that were traveling together, it was one of the choir members who, I guess, walked up to the cockpit to talk to somebody. And he looked over and he saw me and he was so excited. He gave me a big hug and was so happy that I was able to make the flight. It, yeah, it was an amazing experience. When we got to Kuszalin in, in Poland, that's where the, uh, the dance festival was. And it was such, a, such a, an experience I'll never forget, dancing together uh, outside and in front of thousands of people. It was, it was such an amazing experience. And then, of course, meeting my dad's family and getting to know them and meeting my cousins. It was, yeah, it was an amazing trip. And again, dancing has been a part of my life throughout. I remember, I guess it would have been my late 30s, early 40s, I guess, that uh, my friend Linda and I, like when the Palomino was on Portage Avenue, Thursday nights was ladies' night, which meant that there was no cover charge for, for ladies, for women. And so Linda and I, we wouldn't drink. We'd only drink water, and we'd get onto the dance floor. So whenever the band was playing, we were up on the dance floor, and we were dancing. And we, we danced pretty much the whole night that we were there because we just loved dancing and it was exercise, but it was, it was a chance to really kind of let loose and, and really enjoy the idea of movement. And dancing is something that I've done, you know, when you go out to socials, uh, which is such a Winnipeg thing or Manitoba thing, everybody's dancing on the dance floor. I like to dance in my kitchen. So sometimes, you know, when the coffee is brewing and I'm just dancing around and listening to music it's the dance has never really left. But when I discovered Zumba when I was 50, now that took my dancing to a whole new level. I remember I was at the local gym and it would have been 
June of my 49th year, birthday year. And I saw Zumba and I'm like, Zumba, what the heck is Zumba? But I thought, you know what? I'll give it a shot and, and see how it goes. Well, I was hooked. I absolutely loved it. The idea of movement and fitness combined and Latin music, it just blew my mind. What I started to do is I started to look for other Zumba classes. So, and, and that's what happens when you first try Zumba is that you become almost addicted to it. <laughs> and so I started looking at other classes, you know, because I thought, well, one class a week isn't enough, so I need more. And so I started attending other classes. And then I found a class. It was an instructor. Her name is Christina. And I took her class. It was, I remember it was the Y on Portage Avenue. And she was amazing. I absolutely loved taking Zumba with her. And so then I was able to go on to Zumba.com because you can find instructors, you can find different classes in any city in the world, any day, any time, it doesn't matter. You punch in the information and you can then follow other instructors. And so I found out where Christina was teaching. And so I started going to her classes. And I remember I showed up at one of her classes and she looked at me and she says, oh, are are you stalking me? (laughs) And I said, no, I'm not. But I just absolutely love your classes. I love the way you do Zumba because she's a Latina. So she's got the moves and she can really authentically, you know, shake her hips and, and do the movements that some of us who perhaps don't have a dance background, find it hard to shake our hips. You know, we overthink it. It's like, ah, am I I doing this right? You know, and I I always tell my participants, there's no wrong way to shake your hips, just move. But anyway, I just loved the way that she did the movements and she would really push the fitness part of it because it's one thing to do Zumba and, you know, just it's dancey and it's fun but it's another thing when you incorporate the fitness aspect of it. So for instance, incorporating lots of arms, lots of, lots of leg work, doing squats, for instance, doing lunges, reverse lunges, bicep curls, all the fitness activities that you would normally do at a, at a gym or in a, in a regular aerobics class, for instance. But it was combining the fitness with the Zumba. And so you've got the dancey part and then you've got the fitness part. And so it really, it was a nice balance between the two and it really played off each other. And I really loved, as I say, taking classes with Christina. Now at that time, she was starting her own Zumba company and she called it Bella Gita. I remember we were taking classes at the University of Winnipeg um, Duckworth Center in the gym. And there was myself and they were a bunch of other women in their 20s. So I was the oldest one, but I never felt that I was out of place or that I didn't belong. And no one made me feel that, oh, who's the old person in the room? And it was very freeing that I was there to dance with everybody else and work out and do Zumba. So it was at that time that she was forming her company. And of course, in order to teach Zumba, you have to be certified. And she asked us if we would uh, become a Zumba instructor and take the certification. 
And the others were, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm excited. I want to do it. And I said, no, 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 no. You know what? I'm too old. You know, who's going to take a class with me? I just, I just want to do Zumba. And so I said, you know what? It's, I'm not going to do it. And so, okay. So left it alone. And then the next time that the training came up, that was in February of my 50th birthday. She said, you know, I really think you should take the training. And I said, again, you know, I'm, I'm too old. Who's going to take classes with me? I'm 50. You know, they want the young people. And she said, you know, you should take the training anyway, because you never know who is out there who would want to take your class. And so she convinced me, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll take the training. So I remember going for the training. It was a full day of theory, learning music, the movements, you know, there's four basic movements in, or I guess dances in Zumba. So there's the salsa, there's the cumbia, there is the merengue and reggaeton. So these are the four basic movements that you learn in Zumba Basic One. And we practiced and practiced and practiced. And it was a, it was a long day. And, and believe me, I was tired at the end of it. But my, my brain, my brain was just alive with what I had just learned and, you know, the possibilities of doing this, this music and, and teaching Zumba. But it's another thing to actually do it. You know, it's like anything else, you know, you can prepare for it, you can practice, but once you're out there and it's live, you get that stage fright. You tend to forget. It's like, ah, I can't remember the movements. I can't remember what I'm doing. But when we were finished our training and Christina's talking to us and saying, okay, so now you need to book your first class that you are going to teach. Because if you don't, you're never going to do it. And she said that she has, she had known other women who had taken the training, but never taught a class. And they never did. Because it's, if you don't put yourself out there, you know, it's like anything. If you don't, if you don't do it, you forget. You have to keep doing it. So that was February. And I booked my first live class to teach I scheduled it for the end of March. So that gave me a month and a bit. And so then I practiced, you know, with Christina. So similar to my time at Sokol where we were practicing Tuesdays and Thursdays, we were also practicing Tuesdays and Thursdays <laughs> with Christina. And at that time, we had started with, I think there was only about five of us, but then she had other other people joining. And so then we had more people who had taken the training. And so I think at one point she had about 16 people in her Zumba company. But let's get back to my first class. So I'm doing my first class and I'm feeling a little awkward, I suppose, because, you know, again, it's one thing to practice, but it's another thing to do it live. And I know I made mistakes. And I know, you know, I kept saying, oh, sorry, sorry, you know, because that's, that's, you know, instinctive that you say, oh, sorry, I forgot, or I missed that step, or I can't remember the lyrics, or, you know, I can't, I can't remember what I'm doing. But knowing that I was a brand new instructor, people that were taking my class were very supportive. 
and just happy that I was doing it and proud of me that here I was at 50 teaching Zumba. I mean, who knew? (laughs) But as I progressed and really started to fine tune my movements, and that's something that Christina really helped us with as well, is making sure that we were doing the moves properly and doing the salsa properly. Because there's a different way between doing a salsa and shaking your hips and a merengue, which is still hips and core, but it's not, it's not the same. So there's different, there's different flavors. And so you can tell the differences between a cumbia and a salsa and a merengue and a reggaeton. There are very distinct differences. The music is also very different. And so it's learning the movements, learning the arm movements, you know, so instead of arms and everything kind of sloppy and without form, it's making sure that you have the right form because whatever you are doing as an instructor is what your participants are going to do. And another thing to think about too is the energy output is that if you are only giving 50%, your participants are going to give maybe half of that. And so you have to put yourself out there. And I remember someone asking me one day, so you're just going through the movements and just showing them what to do, right? And I said, oh no, oh no. I have to put myself out there at least 100%, if not more. Because if I'm putting myself out there and I'm really giving the energy and giving that intensity that some of the songs require and that some of the choreography requires, then the participants have that opportunity that they can try to meet or match that intensity or somewhere in between, depending on how they feel. And so for me, it was a workout (laughs) every time I taught Zumba because I had to. But it's, it's not even so much I had to, it's because I wanted to, because I absolutely loved what I was doing. I loved teaching. I loved dancing. I loved learning choreography. Because when you think about it, exercise is not just for the body, but exercise is also for your brain. So learning new choreography, learning new steps was keeping my brain active. And I remember lying in bed before I was falling asleep and I was going over some new choreography that I had just learned. And so I'm lying in bed and it's and it's going and I'm going through the steps in my mind trying to remember what to do. And it was just very reassuring to know that I could still remember. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. And so over the years, I continued teaching and still loving what I was doing. And you know what? Christina was right. I did 
find my niche. I found women who love taking Zumba with me because they could relate to an older woman, 50s, teaching Zumba versus taking Zumba with someone who was perhaps in their 20s. Because when you are getting older, you tend to be a little bit more conscious of your body, you know, that you're not moving as readily as you would when you were younger. Your energy might not be the same as when you were in your 20s. And when you are taking Zumba, there are some of the moves that can be a little bit more complicated, a lot of, you know, jumping and twisting, not in all choreography, but there are some that the intensity is pretty high. And if you don't feel comfortable doing it, you may not come back to a class. You may stop taking Zumba altogether because it's not something that you're able to do and you feel that you can't keep up. And sometimes if you push yourself too much, you can hurt yourself. Because when you think about doing Zumba, a lot of it is lateral movements or lots of twisting, lots of lower body. And also too, if you're not careful in how you are stepping and placing your foot on the floor as you're moving from one to another, there's chances that you can twist your ankle, perhaps hurt yourself. You know, if you are not wearing the proper footwear, you can perhaps torque a knee. These things happen and they happen in every sport, every fitness. You can do that doing aerobics. And so Zumba is no different in the sense that it's fitness still, but again, that dancey part of it. And so I found that women were comfortable, older women were comfortable taking classes with me because I could relate to how they were feeling when it comes to doing Zumba. So I would make sure that I was modifying, showing them modifications that they could do and other ways that they could increase the intensity but always letting them know that they could move the way that they wanted to. You know, listening to your body. If you have aches and pains, you know, knees are bothering you, hips, shoulders, here are some modifications. So instead of arms above your shoulders, maybe keep them around the heart the heart rate or the, sort of the, the chest area, like so you're not above your shoulders. And speaking of heart rate, that is another way that you can gently and slowly and gradually increase your heart rate by bringing your arms above your heart. So you're bringing your arms up in the air and you are increasing your heart rate, but you're doing it at a, at a pace that is acceptable. You're burning calories, you're sweating, and it's exercise. It's exercise, but again, dance. So you're enjoying the music, and it's movement. You know, it's better than sitting on a couch. It's getting up and it's also social too, because you are doing Zumba with other women and maybe not just other women your own age, but I've had teenagers, people in their twenties, thirties, older people. I had one lady who was in her seventies taking Zumba with me. So it's really available for all ages. And there's different variations of Zumba, you know, so there's the basic Zumba, Zumba Gold. Now, Zumba Gold, some people think, well, it's for old people. 
but it's actually Zuma Gold is for those that are active older adults, but also those that are new to fitness, perhaps new to Zumba, perhaps their mobility doesn't allow them to move with regular Zumba. And so Zumba Gold is lower intensity, no twisting, no jumping. It is more about using your lower body and moving in a way that is very deliberate. But still working out, you're still sweating, you're still getting exercise, you're still burning calories, but you're doing it at a more modified pace, so to speak. There's Zumba for kids, there's Zumba toning where you're working with weights. There's so many different variations of Zumba. And I love that they offer that because depending on what you're looking for, you may find something that works better for you. So for instance, if you are not able to do Zumba on on land because you have knee issues perhaps or or problems with your hips or so on, you can do Zumba in the water. So then there's no issues with hurting your joints. There's a little bit more freedom working in the water. So again, there's different there's different versions of Zumba available for everybody. I've been teaching Zumba now for 12 years. And if I think back to before I even started taking a class, and if you had said that I would be teaching Zumba when I was in my 60s, I would, I would have said you were crazy. <laughs> but it's something that keeps me going. It's still something I love. I know I've slowed down a bit over the years. I don't move as as intensely, I suppose, as I did when I was in my 50s, which is crazy to think about the difference between being in my 50s and being in my 60s. But that's okay because I can modify for myself and know that the women that are taking my class can also modify with me, that they don't need the crazy Zumba twisting and jumping and so on. And I like to add variety. You know, I I still love my Latin music, of course, but I like jazz and I like the Bollywood songs. I like to think about featuring female artists. And something fun that I like to do is, depending on the time of the year, like so Christmas, for instance, I'll play Christmas music and do Zumba. You can pretty much do Zumba to everything, I believe, except classical music. (laughs) But uh, I love doing the Christmas Zumba or, you know, St. Patty's Day, there's all the Celtic songs that you can do. You know, Valentine's Day, there's songs with love in it. And it's just fun to be creative. And I like to mix things up and introduce new choreography to my participants. But I'm really, really careful about offering proper cueing. Now, cueing is letting you know what it is that you're supposed to do. So it's cueing the steps, letting them know in advance what we're doing. If it's a new step that uh, I want to introduce to my participants, I'll demonstrate it first before then allowing them to do it or getting them to do it. But it's being mindful of your participants. It's making sure that you are showing them proper movements, You know how to do a proper squat, for instance, how to move, how to use your arms so that you're not hurting yourself, that you are having fun. Because really, exercise should be fun. Zumba should be fun. It's an opportunity to lose yourself for an hour and enjoy that freedom 
the music, the choreography, the socialization, and just moving your body. Now, getting back to the song Dancing Queen, I like to think about myself as a dancing queen, dancing throughout the years. And now, seeing my granddaughter Lenny, who loves dancing, you know, I mentioned about, you know, do all kids like to dance? Is it something that only certain kids do? But I like to think that maybe all kids, you know, everybody has that innate ability to want to move their body to dance. You know, when I see her dancing and I see her artistic talent coming through, she can be very dramatic, loves singing. I can see her in musical theater, for instance. I can see her taking, and she has taken ballet classes. And so I want to help impart my love of dancing to her. Encourage that dancing. Encourage that freedom of expression. To not overthink what she's doing. To enjoy moving her body. And to have fun. That's what life should be. It should be fun and full of joy and expressing yourself and being creative and loving your body and moving your body. So until next time, think about becoming your own dancing queen and join me for a Zumba class. I'm teaching in person Tuesdays at 5 o'clock at Bronx Park Community Center on Henderson, Wednesdays at 5 o'clock at Sturgeon Heights Community Center at Rita, and in person on Zoom. Please email jennybfitness at gmail.com. That's Jenny with a G, jennybfitness at gmail.com for more information in terms of pricing and schedule. I look forward to being Dancing Queen with you. Thanks so much for listening. If you like Coffee with Jenny B and want to know more, connect with Jenny on Instagram at Coffee with Jenny B. That's Jenny with a G. Until then, all you need is joy and more coffee. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. It's said that the more time you have to invest, the greater the return. Well, guess what? Kids have the most time if we learn to invest early. That's why I created the Cash Kid Podcast, where I teach kids and some adults financial skills they need to know on how to earn, save, and invest their money. Join me on this journey as we interview experts and explore topics that allow you to grow your money as kids. This podcast will help you become the money expert among your family and friends. Just remember, anyone can be a Cash Kid. You just have to learn how to become one. Get ready to grow your financial knowledge and your wallet with the Cash Kid Podcast.